let you guys start because I feel like I'm always the one that starts. Oh, late. I was doing a bit. I was doing a bit. Oh, go, go, go. Uh, Space Odyssey. Hey, welcome to the. <laughs> I got my pet monkeys. monkeys. Going crazy. I, got my, I got my monkeys in the background. There, there's like nice. a big, there's a big chocolate bar in the middle. Mm. Double mm. reference to both space, space, space Odyssey and uh, the newer Willy Wonka movie. Oh God, the Chocolate Factory movie because they 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 do a little reference to that. Um, they do but, when I don't remember. Um, on the bit with the TV, uh, where they're like, you, you we're sending the particles into the TV, and you can reach in and grab it. Um, mm. they do it. They recreate the scene from Space Odyssey, except um, instead of the it's like, a chocolate bar. Yeah, instead of the monolith, it's a chocolate bar. Mm. Ah, that's so funny. I I think the last time I saw that movie, I hadn't seen Space Odyssey yet, so I didn't get the reference. I didn't get it either. But after I when I saw it, I uh, I was like, oh, first time I saw two thousand one Space Odyssey it was on a plane. Uh, and that's a weird what? place to see not, that movie. <laughs> yeah, it's not a very. I was on a plane on my way to a layover in iceland so i even watched, weirder i watched 2001 a space odyssey and i get off the plane and i'm in reykjavik um which <laughs> like i don't if, if any of our listeners have ever been to reykjavik um it looks completely different from massachusetts and so it was it, it was it was a very weird it was a very weird moment honestly you saying that you were going to Iceland actually makes it more make more sense that you would see that kind of movie. I feel like yeah. an Icelandic flight would be like, yeah, here's some esoteric <laughs> art film to watch on the way over. Yeah, to really kind of to really send you. It was super when weird. you land. We should go to Iceland, boys. <laughs> we should totally go to Iceland for a podcast. Brain boggled mm. trip to Iceland, and we'll be like, yeah, Iceland's pretty weird. Let's we'll talk got, to Bjork. They got you. Know? They got you. Th- oh my God, Bjork is a Bjork is a guest. That'd be Come sick. Come to Iceland to fist from me. Go to Iceland. My name is Bjork. <laughs> All right. I like. I like that the Bjork impression is the same as our Greta Thunberg oh, impression. Oh, Greta Thunberg. Yes, <laughs> like, like she's. I, I just love because our our impressions are not. It's not what they sound like, but it is yeah. what they feel like. It's, it's the, their essence. We capture their essence as people. Whatever yeah. happened to Greta? Why, why is Greta's been off the radar for a while? Come um, on, Greta. There have there's been a lot of like uh, a lot of haters have been taught haters. I hate that I said that. Um, <laughs> but like a lot of the, like the 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 crowd who was against her, um, w- w- like really hyper analyzed a lot of her like interviews and events and stuff, and we're like, oh boy. see, look at this answer that she gave. That means that she is being puppeteered by her parents and by the Democratic left, blah, blah, blah. Oh and I was God. like, what the? And I was like, or maybe she's a neurodivergent child in front of a group of adults and is nervous. <laughs> like, maybe or that's... Maybe. She's Maybe a globalist. Right. Oh, 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 she's definitely wow. she's definitely a globalist. <laughs> as I'm much as QAnon has said enough, had nothing to say about her. As yeah, far as I, know. I know. Yeah, that's a um, good point. If uh, if anyone listening was wondering who's uh, talking right now, I guess we can uh, mm. get into uh, introducing oh, yes. ourselves. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, all right, I all right. Got, I got a good one this week. Oh, I'm I got a good one. I got a good one too. I got a good one. You go first. I am your Jurassic J, Jack. Ooh, nice. That, one's, that, like was, that was that was that was a low hanging fruit, but all right, all right. I am your bipedal so, bee. Whoa. Bobby. Nice. I'm your 
bonobos be, Brent? Oh, <laughs> you bonobo ape. <laughs> I'm such a fucking bonobo. And we're also sponsored by bonobos this week. <laughs> if only. Sponsored by bonobos. Yeah. So, yeah, if you didn't get from those uh, little fun introduction words, we are talking about... Or the title of the podcast. Or the title of the podcast, which you already (laughs) clicked on. We're talking about human evolution and the missing link. So, I'm actually surprised we haven't done this one yet. I know. know. The reason I picked this episode this week is because, you know, we've been doing a lot of, like, politically based episodes lately and they're they're doing really well so welcome to all the new people here uh our numbers are higher than they've ever been uh-huh. so make sure to you know subscribe to listen to more of our episodes but i wanted to kind of go back to our roots a little bit you know no pun intended go back to the <laughs> to the ancestry of brain boggled where we talk about you know just crazy scientific stuff and and stuff that boggles your brain Mm. And, you know, by the end of this episode, if your brain is not boggled, at least in some way, then I didn't do my job right. And Yeah, it would be nice to boggle our brains in a way that's not depressing, but yeah. which is the yeah. kind of stuff that I tend to focus on because I'm a <laughs> well, nightmare. It's not just you. I mean, it's just been a dark year and we've been like, yeah. you know, yeah. we've been in a, in a, the darkest timeline this year. And, and I just think that we got to take a step back and mm. look at the overall picture of the human race and just see how little we actually matter. Um, <laughs> cool. Because when you start like zooming out and looking at the grand scheme of things, you realize that, you know, it the time is a weird thing, dude. I mean, we are in like what feels like this huge era of in- industrial yeah. revolution and technology and like in the, the grand in- scheme the information age. It <clears throat> is insanely small. And we'll talk about like why that might be and all that stuff. Um but Let's just jump right in, because I got a lot here. This is a big episode. Ooh. Yeah, it's going to be it's gonna be fun. And, that um, is a very cute chimpanzee. Yeah, I got a little presentation here, so if you want to follow along, make sure to check out our website, brainboggledpodcast.com, where uh, I'm going to upload this presentation that I've made, so if you aren't driving or whatever, you can follow along with us, and we've got some pictures and stuff to take a look at. Um... But anyway, I was kind of saying earlier, the reason I wanted to do this episode is because, you know, the other day my dad was just just so happened to put on the movie Lucy. Um, What if we used 100% of our brain? Yeah. And I almost did that episode. I almost did that topic, which I thought would have been funny. Brain percentages. Yeah, because, you know, I mean, it's like a complete myth, but it'd be fun well, yeah, to dive yeah. into it anyway. What, what was it? We only used, what, 10% of our brain? Or was it even, or was it 1% of our brain? I think we only used 10 or 12%, yeah, and there's like 90% odd. unused. But it's been like completely and utterly disproved. <laughs> yeah, and like in this movie, like, you know, Scarlett Johansson is just like floating, and she's like, can manipulate her cells, and she's like, I can transform myself into whatever I want. And Yeah, and then she goes It's a little wild. She, like, meets the first human. Yeah, whatever, and so... Right? Yeah, and, and that's kind of what made me think about this topic, is um, it's that the, the ape Lucy that was discovered um, and I think like 19... What was it? 1973... I have the number here somewhere in my research. 1974, they discovered the bones of this primitive um, hominin named Lucy. And in the movie, they 
you know, they meet and they're both named Lucy and it's kind of this like thing because she goes oh. back in time and it's really cool and it just made me think about it and I'm like, you know, I want to do an episode about cavemen and it's funny because I actually have on the list, there's an episode idea I wrote called like the mysteries of cavemen or something <laughs> <laughs> and it was a joke, but like, I mean, here we are. Yeah. <laughs> so it's not really a joke. Um, all right. So let's jump in. Yeah, nothing's ever really joked. Just we, just you wait. Next week we're doing the weirdness of currency. It's happening. Oh, it's God. happening. And it's after always that, next week. We're talking about why Ed Sheeran is Sheeran is a hack. <laughs> and then My after mom. that, and then after that, Spy Kids and why. Spy Kids oh, is Spy in Kids the Tarantino Kids. universe. Oh my god! <laughs> All the episodes uh. that we will do someday. Um, <laughs> just that's why you got to subscribe. I don't All right, even know. So people listening are going to even know those inside jokes. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you don't know the inside joke, then go back and listen to other episodes. If they had access to our to our idea list, then they would yeah. be like, "Oh, I get it." But like, <laughs> our yeah, idea no. list is Sorry. hilarious. That, that's it. That's the eighty-seven dollar level perk on Patreon. Dude, oh yeah, access the, the spreadsheet. Humor meta. Of of our idea list is like so strange bro oh man all right so let's uh let's really jump in here so basically i wanted to start with a common argument against evolution to kind of just establish anyone who's out there thinking like oh i don't know a lot about evolution or like it doesn't really make sense to me i just kind of wanted to establish like a yeah, baseline well, Bobby, are you going to try to discredit 2,000 years of miracles right now? Come on. <laughs> Again, 2,000 years, not a lot in the grand scheme. Um, but let's take a look. So one really common argument against evolution is uh, if evolution is real, then why are there still monkeys? Dude, I I was literally joking to myself about yeah. this freaking because it's this i knew this would trigger you jack i knew this would trigger argument you. it's the stupidest argument of all time dude i was like when i wrote this down i'm like this is gonna trigger jack it's the but i'm court, writing it down it is the dumbest thing of all time because it is just like it's not it, it is it, it's so baseless because it's yeah it's entirely based on complete and utter misinformation Right, it's it. It all comes down to a misunderstanding of how evolution works, and I think it's honestly a big reason that I, I blame. Uh, I, I I can't talk right now, but basically, I kind of blame that image of that I had on the the first slide of like you know monkeys going it's into your, man. It's your classic evolution sort of like thing of like you have the silhouettes of the monkey, yeah. and then it's a chimp, yeah. then it's like a chimp on its hind legs, That's been in every and it slowly classroom. transforms to man. You can think they've been, it's been memes to death where yeah. it's like the last image is like whatever dumb thing you want to say like oh, oh yeah yeah whatever's like, in the zeitgeist now is is yeah, like, yeah. The, 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 the one of the companies we work for has a bunch of posters that are all like you know that and it ends with like some musician like a guitar player or a drummer oh or my some god shit. like oh, there's yeah. so many versions of yeah this and i made there. those posters dude i made yes, bank off those <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so you know everyone knows that sort of like anamorphs looking uh, yeah, <laughs> um so so yeah like thinking about that image a lot of people kind of think of evolution as this thing that's like you start at point a and you end up at point b and that's it that's the end of evolution um so first of all humans didn't evolve from monkeys instead monkeys and humans share a common ancestor from which both evolved around 25 million years ago I think most people know that. Um, I hope most people know that. Humans are actually more closely related to chimpanzees and other apes. 
but DNA evidence again shows that we didn't evolve from them. Chimps and humans share between 98 to 99% of DNA, suggesting that we shared a common ancestor around 6 million years ago. Humans are actually more genetically related to chimps and bonobos than chimps and bonobos are related to gorillas. So I thought that was interesting. Ah, hmm. I guess it kind of makes sense, though, because if you like, if you think about like the anatomy of them, like if you've seen a na- like a naked chimpanzee without its like fur, mm-hmm. um, it just looks like a, a little short man, a little, <laughs> short, a little short, dumb looking man. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen a naked chimp, but now I'm kind of uh Yo, you can curious. really see you can really see how ripped chimps are without their fur. Really? You ever heard I'm, that theory? I think it started. Yoked. I think probably Joe Rogan said it because he's obsessed with chimpanzees. Oh, yeah, um, he is a chimpanzee, dude. He, yeah, God damn it. Because he's because he's like, did you? Did, he has this clip where he's like, "There's no, that's it, literally it, Joe Rogan." Like, if I'm there sorry. were, if there, <laughs> yes, it's literally Joe Rogan. If there were. He was like, if there were as many chimpanzees as there were humans on the planet, you wouldn't be able to go outside. You wouldn't be able to go to your car. You'd just get killed by a chimpanzee. And it's like, Joe Rogan, if there were (laughs) any number of animals, excluding insects, because there's way more insects than there are human beings, but if there were any number of animals, as many as there are humans, we would not exist. We wouldn't be, it doesn't matter if it's chimpanzees or not. I mean, or we would just use our brains to like figure it out, you know? Uh, But some people are like, chimpanzees are already stronger than humans right mm. um but a chimpanzee doesn't work out um so they're like mm. if a chimpanzee worked out and like maximized its gains how strong <laughs> how strong could a chimp be and then dude i love picturing the chimp at a gym yeah does that chimp even squat i mean come on. <laughs> yeah like that chimp's gonna bulk up come dude on. is that chimp doing skull crushers <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so it's what's what I thought was interesting too is that we are technically you know we're in the animal kingdom and we tend to think of ourselves as being like separate from the animal kingdom, yeah. Um, but we are considered great apes, and I think that's really cool. And Bobby, to think the, that we are apes, ape of all. Well, we even though we even though we are in the even though we are in uh, the animal kingdom and that stuff and evolved from, you know, that common ancient ape, mm-hmm. um, I feel like humans have kind of removed themselves from like natural selection. No, we bit. totally, we totally have at least separated ourselves for sure. Yeah. I think, I think that's a fair statement. Um, yeah. We're in the animal empire now, yeah, especially we're since we're almost interplanetary, you know, I mean like we're kind of moving beyond earth. Yeah, what are we, what, 75% towards being a type 1 society or whatever? Yeah. I don't know, go back and listen to our to our Fermi Paradox episode. Or the Great Filter. Well, I guess that was the Fermi Paradox episode, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, 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 the yeah, different, yeah. The different, the Great Filter and the different types of civilizations and stuff. That was a long time ago. Wow. It was. Yeah, um, you, know, you, you, got, you got your human civilizations, you got your Sid Meier's civilizations, mm, you got, one, you know. Brent. Good one, Good yeah, one. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you. Nice. Thank you. Nice. <laughs> so, you deserve a golf clap for that. Um, so, I think that, you know, stick around for the end of this episode. We're going to be talking about um, the future colonization uh, we'll of Mars, you know. We'll so, see. I don't know. Yeah, Brent, Brent know. might leave. But I might not make Brent's it to the end. To be. Brent, Brent's definitely. Listen, I'm going to try to close this episode out as fast as I can anyway because the Celtics are on at 6:30. All right, um, oh boy, you better get moving. Yeah, so okay. don't worry about that. This is a marathon. Here we go. <laughs> so there's actually a quote from uh, this guy named Dr. Willis who that I thought was interesting. 
Um, the idea of sharing a common ancestor leads to the second major misunderstanding in the inherent question uh, that evolution is a linear process where one species evolves into another species. Whereas evolution is really a branching process where one species can give rise to two or more species. And so I've got this uh, image of um, on the right here on our presentation, the branching off of you know the the evolution of apes mm -hmm. into humans and lemurs and all the different animals that are in that category and then on the left here i have a, a family tree a really <laughs> rudimentary uh, family tree it's also La in familia. it's in spanish uh <laughs> it is in spanish it was the closest thing i could find to, to what looked no, like the good. one on the right it's hey, you know it's Spanish while you're at it. Come this on. is weird. Family trees and ancestry trees, like in terms of evolution, are very similar. But for some reason, ancestry trees are always left to right, and family trees are always top to bottom. I noticed that when I was googling images, because I could not find one that was matching the other. Uh it's probably has to do with the fact of like we see families in in terms of generations, and we see. Yeah evolution in terms of going forwards in time that's so a really at yeah, least at point. least in what in western culture left to right is moving quote-unquote forward mm -hmm. you know even though on a paper in a 2d like any direction could be forward you know mm -hmm. right yeah and this goes back to our Good synesthesia point. episode i mean like i picture time sort of as this left to right thing uh when i think of like ancestors and stuff and so it's just the way you think about it can be different, you know? Yeah, and then because that previous image had the tree, had the, had it starting from the bottom and going up. Yeah, which you also see a lot in like the scientific community. Sometimes you also see like a circle and the ancestries are branching out from the middle. I like the ones, um, I like the ones that like do it for like video, like Pokemon. I like the Pokemon Oh, yeah, one, yeah, yeah. Because it's really interesting to like see this and see like how people... <laughs> are uh, like connecting things but let's keep, let's keep I, I going saw, i saw a great meme today and uh, i'll send it to you guys later but it was like pokemon evolutions and it was like a, a kitten and then like a baby tiger and then like a lion and then below it it said digimon evolutions <laughs> and it was yeah, a kitten and then a velociraptor <laughs> and then a refrigerator <laughs> with like a and, gun sticking out <laughs> and then and then an angel like no <laughs> no joke the oh, the man. the one that turns the, the one in the show that's the little the little cat thing eventually evolves into an angel oh man digimon digimon, digimon monsters, monsters. <laughs> digimon on the champion champions <laughs> so weird dude. uh angelmon go you know i went to walmart last night like uh you know speaking I, of evolution speaking yikes. of evolution <laughs> it's like natural selection like hyperspeed in there um i don't know what that means <laughs> no, we but anyway but we don't explain yourself um so there was a uh, Beyblades and Bakugan they were selling, and I was like, "What? Like these are still relevant?" But <laughs> I guess they are. Um, so let's go back to the to the little thing here. The fallacy of linear evolution is most clearly illustrated by the analogy of asking, "How can I share common grandparents with my cousins if my cousins and my grandparents are still alive?" Oh, so, yeah. So I thought that was kind of a good analogy yeah, for that. That's yeah. True. The answer is, of course, that your grandparents had more than one child, and they each went off and started their own families, creating new branches of your own family tree. And that's mm -hmm. similar to the way that evolution works. So, 
that's why there are also monkeys because we didn't come from monkeys. Like we came from something that branched off into many different species. Mm. And so that's kind of just to address the concern. If anybody had concerns, but let's I was get a into little the, concerned. Let's get into oh, the God. meat of this episode. So yes. we're going to be talking about the missing link. Ooh. Like from Monsters vs. Aliens. Elves. Yeah, yeah, that was one of the uh, that was one of the, the superheroes, right? It was like the yeah, Link, the gorilla dude. He was voiced by like Will Arnett or something. No, he was a fish man actually. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and so, he like washed up on a beach. Yeah, yeah. No, that's I forgot about that movie. I haven't seen it in so my, long. Uh, my professor um, worked on that movie. One of my three D animation professors. I remember you telling me that, and that's actually sick. Yeah, it's really cool. He also worked on Flushed Away and Shrek. Oh, dang. My uh, my friend Dan's girlfriend, her music teacher, wrote and performed uh, Gary Come Home from SpongeBob. What? Yeah. And I was like, that song, that, is, that song is such a bop, dude. That is really cool. First, I thought you were going to say she wrote the Smash, Smash Mouth song from, uh, from <laughs> Shrek. Shrek. From Shrek. Body. <laughs> if only. If only. <laughs> So, what is the missing link? If you've never heard of the missing link, uh, it's it's a hypothetical extinct creature halfway in the evolutionary line between modern human beings and their anthropoid progenitors. Wow. Progenitors. A common misinterpretation of Charles Darwin's work was that humans were uh, descended from an existing species of apes um, that was just, like, very, you know, linear. Going back to that, seven million years ago, the human lineage broke away from that of chimps. Over time, over 20 species of hominins came to existence. And so, if you're saying, Bobby, 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 why do you say hominins? It's hominids. Actually, that's not true. Uh, I, I think, like, they just reclassified the word. So, like, hominins refers to sort of ancient primates and hominids refers to like I think current great apes that are alive today. So they actually oh. kind of redefined the term. So I'll be saying hominins most of the time here. Uh, each species of hominin had human-like physical and behavioral traits. Some, such as large brains, small teeth, bipedality, and the use of tools. So there were three major groups of hominins, and they kind of intercrossed over time and you know they, they i think they overlapped a little bit they definitely like interbred for sure and so that's something to keep in mind is that there weren't just these separate groups and they just like didn't ever come in communication there were like tons of different like evolutionary stages going on in the same span of like a couple million years and they would crossbreed and just think of kind of like you know different breeds of dogs crossbreeding hmm. and some of them look more similar and some of them look different yeah but each group over time sort of developed their own um separate species here so we're gonna go through the groups and it starts with Ew. early hominins yeah i hate them i hate the way they look <laughs> <laughs> yeah so so early hominins were sort of these like tree dwelling creatures that like they were like the first primates to sort of start descending onto the 
the African savanna uh, on two feet. Um, I think they mostly are believed to have walked on two feet and their hands. So think of, um, you know, the beginning of Space Odyssey. I think those were kind of like what you think of when you think of early hominins. These very human-looking, small, ape-like creatures that kind of walked and treaded on all fours. Uh, They could still kind of climb in trees, but they were starting to branch out onto the grounds. Mm. And these early hominins did not have very big brains um, and they were not they were not in control of fire yet or anything like that. Uh, and so this was about 7 million years ago when these were kind of roaming the continent of Africa. The next species is uh, Australopithecines. And this is also on the right here. There's an image of a recreation of Lucy, which we talked about earlier. So around 4 million years ago, these primates consistently walked on two legs. So the fossilized bones of Australopithecus, known as Lucy, was discovered in 1974 in Africa at Hadar. And this is like sort of near or in Ethiopia uh, by paleoanthropologist Donald Johansson of the Cleveland Museum of Natural History. Boom. Um, <laughs> you don't know the mess ups that I did because Brian cut them out. Woo! <laughs> the Lucy specimen is an early Australopithecine and is dated to about 3.2 million years ago. The skeleton presents a small skull akin to that of non hominin apes, plus evidence of a walking gait that was bipedal and upright akin to that of humans. This combination supports the view of human evolution that bipedalism preceded increase in brain size. So their brains were small, but they were starting to walk. Yeah. So that was starting to get longing gazes, apparently. (laughs) Lucy's just got like the most like whimsical, like. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the picture on the. Picture on the right, she looks like. Um, oh man, she looks like somebody said something that she's kind of concerned about. Yeah. And the picture on the left looks like like she's like a rocket ship just launched or something, yeah. and she's watching it. It's very oh, strange. Oh my god, I love it. Oh. This wide-eyed, this wide-eyed innocence. I don't know. Kind of yeah. looks like bashfulness too. You know, it's yeah, like, a little bit. Yeah. Mm. A little shy. Wait for like a little like eyelash. Bling, bling, bling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Okay. So that's the Australopithecines. And mm. that was sort of the, uh, the point where we started to have primates that were walking upright most of the time, almost the entire time. The next one uh, is actually the us basically um homogenous and so the homogenous is like there's actually a bunch of different um homo creatures that Mm. lived in this sort of um i don't know i think the word is genus yeah the Mm -hmm. genus is yeah like homo is a genus yeah yeah so so basically this one uh genus genus yeah (laughs) so we talked about lucy that type started showing up about 3.2 million years ago and homo the homo genus started showing up around 2 million years ago um which in the grand scheme is actually somewhat recent 
So mm. this is a image of um, the the homogeneous sort of developing over time, and you can see that like it starts with the Australopithecus, like on the left, and it it goes into Homo habilis and Homo erectus, uh, Neanderthals, and Homo sapiens. Homo habilis means man who uses tools. Yeah, it comes from Latin, right? Yeah, and Homo erectus means man who walks upright. That's so interesting. Um, you can see that Homo erectus was the first man in this image holding uh, fire. He's holding a torch because that's around the time when fire was discovered, quote-unquote, by humans. And Neanderthals are... They are... We are actually not Neanderthals. I mean, they were basically like a separate species that was known to actually they think that they kind of intercross and interbred with homo sapiens and like early on um humans and so it wasn't just one group there were many many different groups that all kind of lived in different parts of africa and they all had sex with each other because <laughs> that's yeah. so, something that humans are really good at are, are you um gonna talk about uh cro-magnon I'm not. I actually did not do anything about Cro-Magnon oh, because, from what I knew, this could be completely wrong because I didn't do any research. I and mean, this is like just osmosis knowledge. But um, mm -hmm. I always thought that Cro-Magnons were um, Cro-Magnons are we're clo more closely related to Cro-Magnons than we are to Neanderthals, and they like that's our direct like ancestor. But Neanderthals mm -hmm. sort of like. Um, interbred with us. like humans now have primarily Cro-Magnon DNA, but also mm -hmm. some Neanderthal DNA as well. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds about right because the, I didn't write all of the different like subspecies of mm -hmm. um, like Homo erectus and like from that point on down, because there were so many different things that I was finding. Like there were a lot of different subgroups that kind of yeah it must have been so because they were like it wasn't even like neanderthals died and crow magnets came around like they were all yeah. like around at the same time just like how that you know mm. just like how there's multiple species of you know great apes now but um yep like it must have been so weird to be like i am a human Mm -hmm. But I'm a different kind of human than those humans <laughs> over there. And those humans over there are a different kind of human than those humans. And we're all different kind of human. So it's weird now for us to have like all like the entire human race is all one mm -hmm. species of human. Yeah, we're, we're, there's only one left. And it's Homo sapiens. It's, it's us today. Right. And yeah. obviously there's different races in the world, which kind of make us look different. But ultimately, we're all the same species. Yeah. It's like how... um uh black bears in uh black bears over in on the east coast are black but black bears on the west coast are the same exact animal but they're brown hmm interesting so i just wanted to <laughs> this is a quick aside it, it has nothing to do with this topic but i thought it was really interesting because i just like stumbled upon it and the research and we were talking about you know how early humans just different kinds love to just have sex with each other and so you know you think about why do humans love sex so much and are we the only animal that has sex for just pleasure and not reproductive reasons and you can pretty much guess that there are a lot of other animals that have sex and they it's just for pleasure um 
hence when my dog just humps his blanket you know (laughs) um yeah but something i found really weird that i did not expect is that giraffes uh you know they evolved these long necks and you would think that it's because oh they actually use those necks to like eat leaves at the top of trees um but if you ever actually watch a giraffe eat leaves it's always at like its shoulder length it's always eating like either across from its shoulder or downward and so it's not that they didn't evolve the necks to eat high up uh turns out they evolved these long necks because they use them as sort of like this uh fighting tool and watching giraffes fight is like it's very violent oh yeah it's called necking yeah, they and, like, and they just hit their necks against each use, other. They use their necks as like whips. What and you might like, not know, <sighs> what you might not know, is that after they fight with their necks, uh, the winner of the fight actually forces themselves upon the loser what? and has sexual intercourse with them. Um. And this is actually primarily males that do this. And so there's actually a study that that counted the amount of giraffes and their sexual encounters. And 95% of sexual encounters in giraffes are all homosexual. So they only, so the, it's basically the only time it's, it's, it's heterosexual intercourse is when it's for reproduction. Exactly. So like most of their sexual pleasure is, uh, male on male which i thought was super interesting because i never heard that before that is weird because i thought i always thought that dolphins were the only other species that had that has sex for pleasure apparently not i mean i don't know if it's like an assertion of like dominance dominance it might not be it might not be directly for like pleasure like your dog humping a blanket might be like it might not be for pleasure it might just be like it just knows that it needs to reproduce, but it doesn't know why. Mm, right. Um, Cause like uh, dolphins will um, use like fish as sex toys sometimes. What? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what? Yeah. Which is really, really weird. Dolphins are super. That, that just makes you think of like the Flintstone, like it's a living, you know, like, <laughs> 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 yeah. the Flintstones are horrible. Ooh. Flintstones yeah, no, use all animal abuse is their entire life. Like, um, <laughs> another yeah. interesting thing about dolphins that I saw is that some uh, bottleneck bottlenose dolphins will find like sponges at the bottom of the ocean, and they'll stuff their noses in the sponge, and they'll go around swimming around with it on their face because it protects them from like when they're eating it protects them from like crabs like biting or like clamping at their face um and it's only the females that do it the males don't put the put the sponge on their nose i um interesting hmm. what was i gonna say oh my god i completely lost my train of thought brain fart it was about oh oh i i just remembered um there are certain species of dolphins that will purposefully get stung by um i can't remember if it's like a sea urchin or a sea anemone but Mm -hmm. they'll purposely get stung by that because the venom causes hallucinations in dolphins so there are certain species of dolphins that do drugs what they're just 
fucking lifted. You dude, know? yeah, I love dolphins. <laughs> dolphins are sick. No, dude, it's funny that they're fucked I, up, dude. I watched a scary. lecture about like human evolution, and he talked a lot about dolphins, and it was really interesting because like dolphins are super smart, as we know, like they're like the second smartest animal on on the planet, yeah. and the only reason that they think they're never going to evolve further than what they are now is because they just don't have uh the environments and the physical sort of capabilities to move beyond i was gonna say it's 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 insane you think about like really intelligent animals like Mm -hmm. like aside from dolphins you know humans uh octopus Mm -hmm. uh elephants are super intelligent um Mm -hmm. and they all have the ability uh apes are super intelligent they all have the ability to grab something Um, and mm-hmm. use something which dolphins can't grab and it's just kind of a bummer because they've yeah. developed these super smart brains and no way to physically do anything about it even though they have like communication and um all this stuff there's just no way that they could ever invent fire and civilization because of that do you think another sentient race will ever evolve on planet earth or do you think it's possible for once in a lifetime I mean, we are weird. We are a weird case. I wonder if humans like have have prevented other species from evolving into sentience. Like mm. the fact that humans are in the waters and sometimes hunt dolphins or elephants or apes or whatever, and like it, uh, humans continuous continual understanding of these are animals. I wonder if that is preventing them from evolving to sentience as well. Well, actually, that's a really good segue into our next uh, oh, section well, here. What do you know? Um, because I wanted to talk about what makes humans unique because we do often ask the question why aren't there other animals like us why are we the only ones that are smart and so to speak you know i mean like some people would argue that like dogs are smarter than us because they just don't give a crap um but obviously we have intelligence and consciousness and and creativity so one of the things that people think make humans human is tools so hominins have been using tools for at least 3.1 million years so there have been tools longer than there have been modern humans as we learned like the modern homo sapiens were about like a million years ago so there's the aldawan tool set and i have some pictures here aren't they only like a hundred thousand years ago humanity is like in its infancy so. Well, the first emergence, I think it's on the. Oh, you, uh, oh, you mean like Homo, Homo. Oh, yeah, no, see, you're right, homo Jack. Sapien, you're right. And it says 100,000. Yeah, so it was 100,000 years ago when modern Homo sapiens started uh, popping up. So, yeah, that's good correction so for, because for, it's even crazier. Yeah, because Homo. Yeah, because. Yeah, that's even crazier now that, that tools have been over 3 million years old. Yeah, so. So there, you know, talk about the scale of of time in our universe. The uh, these different sets of tools were coined uh, as different sort of um, subsets of how these tools were categorized. And the first one is Alduin tool set. And so this was on the left side here for you guys following along. Um, it was basically just like these rocks that were sharpened, and they were kind of known as like choppers. So they were basically hand axes. Uh, that you use your hand, you grab the rock and, and chop things with it. And so this set of tools was used for 1.5 million years 
and pretty much that was it. Um, then around one million years, uh, actually right around the end of uh, the Alduan set, we start seeing this other set of tools known as uh, Acheulean tools. And this set was used for another one million years before things started to change again. And so this was sort of more, think of like arrowhead, spearhead, where the rock was oh sharpened on multiple sides. I didn't even think, I, I didn't, uh, like, I, I feel like a lot of people are just like right off like, oh, you know, like, like, uh, like arrowhead, spearheads, axe heads, you know, old stone stuff is just like all the same thing. I didn't even consider that there's probably like different eras of tool mm. type themselves. Yeah, and this is so wild because yeah. this is wild because like think about these two pictures that you see here. On the left, 1.5 million years. This was it. This was all we had. I know. And it took that long for us to start coming up with sharpening the whole rock instead of just <laughs> one half of it. Like <laughs> <laughs> think about that, that when you put it that way it's really <laughs> absurd and it's it really speaks to the like to the exponential nature of technology yeah because you see how fast we have iphones now and we didn't even have cars 100 years ago like well we yeah. did but around right. 100 years ago yeah but we we, I, we have smartphones that are we have we we, we have you know the 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 phones that you have now are you know, a magnitude times more powerful than the types of computers that put, you know, the first man on the moon. That's what everyone taught. Mm -hmm. And that was, you know, 50, 50, 60 years ago. Just think about 50, 60 years in the future. Like how much technology we will have. I feel like we don't think about it the right way. Because when you put it in perspective, like over the last 200 years, sure, technology has gotten insanely better. But when you look at like the the last... 4 million years and see how fast the exponential growth has occurred. Yeah, it's absurd. You realize it's not going to stop. Like, we're not just going to stop inventing. Yeah. Uh, unless we destroy ourselves. Um, so, yeah, the majority of tool used in humans is just two sets that remained pretty much static through time. It was only in the last 100,000 years that tools began to develop and become more sophisticated. So let's go back to the question at hand, right? So what makes us unique tools? Um, well, a lot of scientists actually argue no, because there are a lot of other animals that use tools. And some of those animals include, um, you know, orangutans. They actually gnaw like and sharpen spears with their teeth and they use it to go spear fishing, which I didn't know. I think that's really cool. Yeah, that's and so cool. And they're not really good at it, um, <laughs> but they try. <laughs> yeah. Then there's like other monkeys that, that use rocks to, to crack open nuts and stuff like that. And I thought this one was really uh, hilarious. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of a boxer crab. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, can you guys see the images that I'm... Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah, it's cool. moving. So I got a it's little a gif here. GIF action. Yeah. <laughs> so boxer crab uses sea anemones as gloves to defend themselves and sting predators so yeah and, and that's like, a crustacean i know that's even like pretty sick which is like people consider to be you know not very intelligent because like 
otters use rocks to crack open stuff too and like certain yeah. species of birds have been seen using um like sticks and, and other and like not exactly tools but using items mm-hmm. um to gain advantages like there are some birds that will put um put prey on the roads and have yeah. cars run them over uh, oh, so, wow. that they, so that they don't have to waste energy tearing the prey apart after they've killed it that's um, insane there, oh, another yeah. a thing that I, I read about today when I was doing my research that I thought was super interesting. I don't know the type of bird, um, so let me know if you guys know, but apparently there's a bird that uh, uses fire. And so it'll, I think it's in Australia, if there's a wildfire, these birds will take a stick and like some twigs, go down to the fire, set them on fire, fly off to like a different area, and they'll like start a, a a fire like a brush fire and the reason they do it is to smoke out any like little animals so that they can easier to have an easier time catching them huh so we're not the only animal that uses fire um wow. crafty they can't start fires but they can use fire we're the only animal that can start fires yeah so i just thought that that was uh an interesting point is that there you know other animals have tools it's not just us so clearly that doesn't necessarily make us what we are but i wanted to ask the question what made us so smart and i just thought that was kind of a an interesting thing to think about because obviously we had to be doing something to increase our our brain size and our knowledge over time and there's a couple of different reasons that uh, theories that I kind of found as to why we got so smart so fast. And the first one is fire. So fire gave us the ability to venture beyond the, the equator because before fire, we kind of, we all lived in Africa and it was sort of this perfect climate for humans. But once fire was utilized, we could now venture off and use it as a source of heat um, to cook food and that's another part is the the ability to cook food um, so it, cooking food is sort of like think of it as a, an external digestion kind of so that allows you when you consume cooked food to extract different nutrients more efficiently and this allowed us to spend less time eating and hunting and gathering and more time for other things like you know art and social gatherings and that's another big part of uh the utilization of fire is that since the dawn of man we've had this social gathering of sitting around the fire and i think that's a really important part of human history i don't think without fire we we ever would have been as socially connected as we are as a species and uh we'll kind of get to this in in a minute but um you know brent brought up a really cool point about what made humans what made homo sapiens sort of prevail over neanderthals and like other early hominins um and and so we'll kind of get into that in a second but one of the other things that makes us very unique is uh collective learning so we have this insane ability to uh retain more information with one generation that is lost by the next 
So every generation, we're gaining information instead of losing information. Because, I mean, there are a lot of reasons why, but I'm not sure what caused yeah. that. Well, I guess it could go back to the um, to the socialization around uh, the fire because, mm-hmm. you know, if you're sitting around a fire, you know, waiting for your food to cook, it's like, what are you going to do? You know, you're mm-hmm. going to communicate with each other around there. You know, the young, the young kids that you just had are watching you do these things. You're talking about them doing these things. And mm-hmm. um, that makes, uh, I, 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 I wonder, because uh, I, I feel like... I feel like I had talked to you about this, Bobby, before about how fire is way more important than than anyone. Well, not anyone, but then a lot of people even realize for human evolution beyond the just the usage of fire itself, what fire mm. means, what fire, uh, what having fire does for everything else around it, even in things mm. that fire isn't directly involved in. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's uh, that brings us perfectly into into the thing that Brent was talking about, and that's uh, why did Homo sapiens persist over Neanderthals? And so, this is all from Brent. So thank you, Brent, for sending me this, Professor. You got it. Yuval Noah uh, Harari asked the question: How do we outlive the Neanderthals? Uh, so, if you don't know, Neanderthals, as as you were saying earlier, Jack. They actually boasted a much uh, greater physical strength than than we did at the time, and so um, there were these bigger and stronger humans, so to speak, out there. So why did we overcome them in in the long term? Um, and so we are the only. This is a quote from Harari: "We are the only mammal that can cooperate in large numbers." This is something that the Neanderthal. Neanderthals or chimpanzees or dolphins or elephants cannot do. We can cooperate in thousands, millions, and in today, billions. So what evolutionary trait allows us to cooperate in such a unique way? And he argues it's our imagination. It's our ability to invent and believe in fictional stories. If you examine any large-scale human cooperation system, you will always find at the basis a belief in some myth or some fictional story. And I have an example here of the earliest known art found on the earth by uh, humans. And you can see it's, it's kind of hard to tell, but there's like this animal in the middle and around it, there are like other animals and experts have decoded this, this uh, cave wall, cave art. And uh, there are also humans in it attacking the animals and so storytelling has been a very very important part of our history and brent i think you you explained it really well like why that would be um beneficial against another group right um basically the way i understood it from the article that bobby is uh, referring to um is that basically we have this innate ability to sell a narrative to ourselves where even if that narrative is not like factually true or has any like formal basis in reality, we can motivate ourselves to believe pretty much anything. We've kind of been talking about this a lot in some of our other episodes where we're examining things like QAnon or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like how can people like subscribe to like something that seems so outlandish and crazy? It's like, 
Well, it turns out we've been doing that for our, the entire history of our existence is motivating ourselves with stories mm -hmm. that aren't necessarily true. So that we, there was evidence of, you know, early conflicts or conflicts between, you know, early Homo sapiens and Neanderthals as they sort of like struggled for dominance in, you know, some of these areas. And even though the, the, the Neanderthals were bigger, stronger, you would think, well, the bigger, stronger animal will naturally prevail. But the thing that we had is that no matter how many times, like you say, like in a conflict, you know, the Homo sapiens would be easily beaten. The next time they ran into a conflict, there'd be even more Homo sapiens. And you would think, <laughs> oh, well, if most other animals would learn that, like, oh, well, if this bigger, stronger animal like is like killing us, we're going to try to get away from them. But instead, we would be like, no, no, no. We, we we will win this because of xyz like we like motivate ourselves into like this is like we are destined for this or something and the, you know like the next time even more homo sapiens go in and are fighting and then before you know it it's just more and more people are just motivated by whatever this idea this narrative is that they sold themselves dude to, even as a like no other animal would work that way as know? a homo yeah. sapien myself i'm getting chills just thinking about it like it's crazy how like built in to to us it is and you know you think of shows like the walking dead where like the whole premise of the show is like we gotta band together and fight against negan and it's like they go around and they find these groups and they combine together and they get this the story is that we're gonna take him down and he's the bad guy and we're the good guys and it's so drilled into our programming that I literally get chills when I think of like, you know, it's like, oh, we got to band together and beat the the villain. And yeah. it explains so much of the way we work and the way we're so mm -hmm. tribal and um, sports and uh, movies. They're all based around this narrative and yeah, every, the ability to like, tell a story. Humanity is so, so story based. It's, it's like, if you, like, if you really break down everything it all goes back to to the story like bobby had mentioned like sports it's like well why do we like sports oh because he came from this town he spent 10 years he spent five years on a minor league team and he finally got <laughs> drafted by and now he's in the and now he's in the playoffs or mm. like or, or or like like elected officials it's like it's 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 what's the story behind them you know it's yeah. the, it's like where did they come from what's their past it's always about like it's always 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 about the story and in a way it's been our it's been our crutch it's been what's uh it's been what's gotten us this far i think and it's what's going to get us even further but at times it can be our weakness too you know like with war and and yes. violence it, I think it's um I think that probably explains why there is like um why there's so much social conflict now mm -hmm. um because it's interesting because like this is the most peaceful time in like in terms of like physical violence in in humanity's history yeah. right so it's like why in and I think it's because in this as we had mentioned before in the information age um mm -hmm. for the first time in history information is conflicting with the story yeah um and since oh that's such a good point and since humans have been such like we're such story-based creatures that now that we have a now that we have a way to go against the story it's it's causing so much strife 
And, yeah, and like, I have no, right. I know that's just my own thought, but that's like, so that, interesting to me. And it's not just that too. I think it's we're also seeing how our different stories are all starting to clash now. Now that like oh, yeah. everyone's story is all in the same place. Yep. Yeah. Like before, your stories were pretty much limited to your geographical location, or you know what you could see in your paper, local paper, or on the you know the ten ten o'clock news or something. Now it's you know where you have so much information and everyone's broadcasting their story at all times that all of a sudden the fact that like other realities exist for people based on whatever narrative has driven their life are all colliding with one another and that's why i, I think we see a lot more of these sort of i don't know political conflicts mm. arising is because you know the, every story can't be true yeah. yeah so like yeah there's always two but sides the, to, but, to a story and, and but the, but it, we see both sides viewing it, yeah but instead of viewing it as like well let's recognize that and look at the information and decide what's true we're still fighting about which story we believe is the better story yeah. you know wow this is getting me like <laughs> this is getting me like pumped because i feel like i haven't heard this before and it's so interesting um i think back to when i was a kid and my parents would be like, oh, yeah, Walt Disney's head's frozen. And I'd be like, wow, I, cool. Yeah, I thought Walt Disney you know? was frozen, dude. Like, you just believe things that you hear. And we live in an information age where the internet is there and, like, everyone has access to it. And so when someone comes up to me and says, did you hear there's going to be a media blackout on this day? I'm like, the, I don't believe you at all. The first thing because, you do, pull up the internet, you Google it. First thing you yeah. do. And it's, it's crazy because that's just not the way it used to be. I, I feel like when... You know, as being lucky enough to live in a time where I was conscious during a lack of internet, um, or at least before the internet really blew up, mm -hmm. I remember, I mean, maybe it was just me being a kid, but I remember when someone told me a story, I would be like, wow, that's really interesting. There was no questioning it. And now with Snopes and Wikipedia and YouTube, there's just so many sources that you can like dig into and like find the truth. And so it kind of ruins the story. But the funny thing is in those same places, you can also find the disinformation. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. Just, it's this bizarre <laughs> landscape we live in where like the truth and the, the lies exist in the same place. Yeah, totally. And, and it's, it's and it, that's what's it's, causing all this conflict. Yeah. It's the it's, confusion. It's, yeah. We're just, we're so primitive, you know? I mean, like, like it's, uh, it's really crazy how if you look forward into the future, like let's say two million years if we're still around we're gonna look back and be like wow uh, you know those creatures thought they were civilized yeah you know i don't know <laughs> yeah. it's um but let's talk about civilization because i think that it's really interesting how fast civilization and technology has sped up and i want to talk about sort of why that happened and i have a couple different theories that I sort of stumbled upon. And one of them is that, um, you know, the ability to write things down and pass knowledge on to the next generations. Um, I don't know if we talked about it together, but I, I was it you, Brent, that mentioned Socrates? Yes, I was literally just thinking about it. We talked about this, I think, our last episode because we were talking about um, in the QAnon thing how people believe 5g is spreading coronavirus or whatever yeah and so i had sort of went through a bunch of historical examples of like hysteria surrounding technology and socrates specifically said that like the written word would like rot human brains and yeah. cause us to not be able to remember anything because yep. we'd be too reliant on the written word to remember everything for us mm -hmm. you know yeah and it was like 
Um, I was reading a lot into that today, and it was really interesting. Like, if you dig further, he just believed that we would completely trust whatever was written, and there would be no expansion of knowledge. Like, we wouldn't Mm -hmm. take something for what it is, and then, like, the way science works, where, you know, Sir Isaac Newton would say this, and we'd say, well, actually, uh, this is what's really true. He believed that we would just take the word for whatever was written, and then just... Uh, almost idolize it and and in a way we do that a lot with um like look at the bible there are a lot of people that are like well it's in the bible well, so it must be true and you I can't mean, rewrite the bible not even like just in terms of the bible like he essentially is talking about the idea you can kind of look at it as he he sort of was saying that the idea of a fact is not true and that a fact doesn't exist um because if because you, it can always like, change yeah because you, you can i mean like you like that's like one of the ultimate you know the argument about like evolution uh to to go back to that is like well it's a theory you know you don't like you don't know everything's just a theory and if you if you boil it down to everything like everything in science is a theory like yeah. barely anything because like because it can um, always be disproved. Even evolution is technically yeah. a theory. Like like gravity, right? Like it's like, oh, what causes gravity? Oh, well, mass attracts mass. Okay, well, why does mass like nobody knows why mass is attracted to mass? We just yeah. we just like take that. And so he sort of, I guess he was sort of saying like he was he, he kind of was right in a way because now it's like it's like well no that's not true because I saw it's like I saw that in in this thing. I saw that in, in, in this article. I read about that in this article or I've exper- or this has happened to me in this and it's like yeah. it's like, oh, I read that in my like science textbook. And I'm not saying not to distrust science. I'm saying to um like I think he is right in that there is been an uh, an epidemic almost of a lack of independent thought. Um because a lot of times when like you, you, you'll read comments about like political discourse or whatever and you'll be like you'll just see people regurgitating the same talking points that the political talking heads have fed to them and you're like does nobody even like even when when i'm listening to people who like uh who align with me politically i'm always if you know trying to trying to formulate my own conclusion from from these own things which is sort of like I mean, there's a lot of criticism about this quote unquote post truth era that we live in and the whole concept behind my truth or the truth or, and I know my truth a lot of times is, is, is used in the context of, of, uh, of, of, of harm and violence and, and, and something about their own personal identity. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about people who are like, when, when, when the end of the argument is, all right, well, you believe that and I'll believe that it's like, or, or agree to disagree. Basically yeah. it's like, well, it's like, that's not agreeing to disagree. Doesn't really, it doesn't really do anything, you know, cause it just stifles any sort of expansion of thought, like Productivity. what Socrates had said. Yeah. I think, I think you're right in that, uh, Socrates had a really good point. Um, but I think that science, is Oh, he was obviously of, wrong. Cause he yeah. didn't like science wasn't really a thing then. <laughs> well, I think, I think my point is that science is the, the anti, um, brain rot because i mean what what science does is it takes things that were written down and says this is not set in stone this can be disproved and it should be disproved 
That's exactly the thing. That's the difference yeah, between that's why like science a, like, is so important. Yes, like science and a religion. That's exactly the thing. Religion yeah. is what religion is what Socrates was warning against. Or like in terms of mo our modern perception of religion or faith or belief or whatever you want to call it, right? Versus yeah. the science, because religion is is trying to enforce this is the beliefs. This is what you need to believe. Whereas science yeah. is like uh, like priests don't want you know if we're if we're just going through like a, a Christ, uh, Christianity. Uh, lens priests don't want the bible disproved but like scientists like a, a true scientist who is who has their heart in the right place would want their discoveries to be proven false exactly and that's why science is important and that's why we need to keep it uh the way it is you know um and so let's let's move on to the next thing i thought that was a really good conversation um the next thing that that i feel like is important is civilization and the sort of settlement of humans building houses and gathering around fires eating food and talking this has allowed us more spare time um like we spent a lot less time not dying and a lot more time living you know there was a lot of time spent when you're try trying to survive day to day and like just hunt to live and gather to live and and just drinking water and walking miles once we got comfortable, once we started like agriculture and like it, it allowed us to sort of sit down and think. And when we sit down and think, we can invent and and be creative and, you know, move forward. And and then the other thing is life expectancy. And that's obviously more recent even. Um, but like think about even the last thousand years, our life expectancy has gone way up. So it allows us more time for older generations to pass on information to even younger generations. Think about how far apart generations used to be. You would never meet your great grandfather because they'd be long dead. Like, but now some people <laughs> might even be able to meet their great, great grandparents because of the, uh, cross the intersection of generations and the passing on of knowledge. And I think all of this has been, uh, has, in part kind of led to this expedite expedited um information age and technology growth but let's uh it doesn't stop there because going back to the first slide you know we've got the the uh primate going all the way to the homo sapiens but something we often don't talk about is oh <laughs> apparently i have another slide something we often don't talk about <laughs> is the future of human of mankind and yeah womankind which i think we should i think we should change it because honestly women are the real heroes here um humankind humankind so what's the future of human evolution and i kind of want to open it up here for discussion for the last like small bit here just because i'm curious to hear what you guys think uh what what possible evolutionary steps are we going to make next in the next million years and mm. another thing i want to propose is you know if we're gonna have life on mars in the next hundred years are we going to split into two separate um species again with martians and humans or is it going to be just interplanetary one species so yeah yeah let's let's open well, it up i've been meaning to ha i i wish i had watched the show the expanse because the the expanse has um a really interesting thing because humans who are born on other planets um 
are uh look very different so um mm. like in in the show the expanse um the asteroid belt has been colonized essentially um mm. and so uh humans who are born in the asteroid belt um are t- way taller and way skinnier and physically cannot go to earth because earth's gravity is too strong for them it, it oh it, weird because they've grown on 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 the uh the low gravity uh area and like there's even like um if you're drafted into uh so so like their armies right um Mm -hmm. you need to be um you're drafted at birth um because you need to spend your entire life growing up in the gravity of earth if you're ever going to like it because because you need to be prepared to go and fight on earth if you're ever going to go there Mm -hmm. um so that's really interesting but it's also one of those things where it's like have you ever seen those images of people being like, this is what the human is going to look like in a hundred years. They look gross and they're all slouched over and pallid. And, and it's like, that doesn't make any sense to me because evolution isn't influenced by outside sources. Right. Um, it's, it's, uh, yeah, that, that, yeah, this picture of the, of the woman slouched over and the uh and the other the uh the guy it's like this doesn't make any sense to me because these are all these are all effects on it's not like we are choosing mates based on their ability on how (laughs) well their posture is suited to be looking at a smartphone you know what i mean right that's not genetic like like something that you like if you cut your arm off like let's say that every uh person when they turn 30 they cut their arm off and then that's just everyone does that yeah you're not going to start having babies with their arms cut off like that's not how it works like you're although over time maybe you'll be more attracted to people with smaller arms yeah yeah. the arm will shrink then that's different yeah if you were like if you i always use the example of um of uh of a centipede Mm -hmm. right if 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 a centipede was born and you pulled off all its legs eventually Mm -hmm. centipedes wouldn't turn into worms right yeah but if every time a centipede was born you pulled off all the legs of the centipedes that had more than x amount of legs right Mm -hmm. or you just like killed them off in a way then eventually they would uh uh, you because you're selectively breeding them into into that like right traits right yeah like like this is not at all what humans are going to look like i and i think it's just so <laughs> i think it's so cynical and i think it's so like i think they mainly just try to do it to try to have like some sort of social commentary because yeah, if you break down the right. science it doesn't make any sense and there's no reason to think that we should evolve into this well the one i have now is really interesting so uh, i'll put this in the spreadsheet too but it's a it's a sculpture of a man named graham and he's uh it's actually has nothing to do with like evolution mm-hmm. but it was um, a, I think it was like Nitsa or something made this model of what a car crash proof human would look like. And basically like, this is what you would need to look like in order to survive a car wreck. Um, he's got like airbag nipples uh, to protect his chest. And he's got like a humongous skull and he's yeah. really ugly and his knees can bend in like any direction yeah uh, so it's just like a weird like promo thing for anti-texting and driving um so i thought that was weird but yeah i mean that's that's a really good point jack i didn't think about it like that um but i think ways that humans are going to evolve is like i think that there could be things like maybe we'll have bigger eyes or 
over time or maybe we'll get taller um because we already have gotten a lot taller yeah. since, the, since even like a couple hundred years ago do you think because there's so many humans now that evolution is going to occur quicker because we're speeding it up no i don't think we're gonna i think we're gonna evolve much much slower um mm. because uh we have um because evolution is driven by is by choice uh this is, i mean this is such a weird like i only know this fact because i hated when people would bring this up in high school and middle school because they were just trying to be edgy and funny but people would always talk about there was a situation where say your penis is frozen in a block of ice mm -hmm. right and there was a gorilla behind you that was sexually active right and this is obviously super crude and crass middle school boys <laughs> this is what middle school boys talk about um <laughs> you either need to cut your dick off to oh! get out of the ice or you get essentially raped by this gorilla right oh! and so i would always be like you understand that um a like like a large gorilla penis is like two inches erect um and it's because humans are the only species out of all the great apes that chose that chose sexual partners based on the size of their genitalia um none of the other great ape species care about it uh and so like and so because of that uh ape penises are a lot lot smaller than human ones mm. i um, mean it's a lot like breasts too like human breasts we, we yeah we have an, an infatuation with the size of of our sexual organs and stuff and like if you look at any other animal like they don't like obviously that that's not really like a prominent feature well they're um, they're they, they look for other things they just right. don't look for the same things that we look for like uh like certain um like uh like, a lot ooh, of that monkeys. peacock has some really big feathers yeah yeah like the feathers mm. or a lot of uh, a lot of primates um look at the uh, uh the rear end um mm -hmm. is 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 a big is a big uh sexual driver but well there's like, theories that the reason we like big breasts is because it resembles a rear end um really yeah that's that's, well, that's kind why of like, we like well all of the all of the um like everything that's considered conventionally attractive the reason why mm -hmm. it could, like you could stem it all the way back if we're like big asterisks here aside from uh, corporate, uh, you know, influence corporate trying to push right, right. some sort of thing. But even then, though, like they did research to under like to try to determine what is the most like the most uh, popular, you know, desires or attractions. And they sound like, like our programming. Yeah. And stuff. Yeah, yeah, and that's where the conventionally attractive comes in because people who are conventionally attractive in the past were shown to be like more hygienic, more uh, cleaner, um, yep. like the whole like concept of of quote unquote wide childbearing hips, like why right. like that's why um, like humans are by nature attracted to those things, but like in this day and age, um, like there's somebody out there for everybody and i'm not even saying that to be like some sort of hopeless romantic like i genuinely believe that like every like because every single person is is attracted to something else and i think it's because um since we have like what i mentioned before we have removed ourselves a little bit from natural selection um humans can afford to have personal preferences that they can put above uh biological requirements mm. that's so interesting yeah I, I could definitely see that being true yeah i don't know um, I don't, but yeah, i don't know it's, though it's I'd, really have to, I'd have to look into it i guess we could do a whole episode about like sexual history yeah. and stuff and it was it might, i was looking at maybe that's our next uh 
our next uh valentine's joke day episode, episode. <laughs> oh no um, valentine's day what like what is attractive you know um but like i was looking at some of the ancient art of you know early homo sapiens and and our first art artistic uh sculptures and stuff and a lot of it is just like over exaggerated sexual traits like um just these really really exaggerated like sculptures of humans with just sexual organs that are way bigger than they should be and it's it's kind of interesting to think that we've always kind of done that um since the dawn of time we've always really like over exaggerated hey. sexuality hey. in the wise words of sir mix a lot <laughs> i like big butts and i cannot lie <laughs> and on that note <laughs> I think it's time we wrap up this episode. Oh, wait, hold, what? What? I, what? I, well, okay. Well, I should have brought this up. I should have brought this up way no, back when care. we were talking go. about a Homo habilis. Um, go for it. I'm surprised go you didn't. King. I'm go off king. I'm surprised you didn't mention the stoned ape theory. What's the stoned ape? What's the stoned ape theory? Okay, there is some evidence to that shows that possibly one of the explanations for the rapid increase in human brain size was. Um, the discovery of psychedelic mushrooms and no that way. the consumption of these mushrooms caused a rapid increase in human brain size um, unsurprisingly I think I probably heard this first theory like on a Joe Rogan clip or something <laughs> um, of course but um, I haven't looked that far into it but there apparently there's enough evidence out there that enough people are talking about it that I've heard about it you know, when you um, got a good I trip, just you just little, you, you, you got to write that theory. stuff down because yeah. you, you discover the meaning of life. I wonder if we were discovering the meaning of life when we didn't even know what life was. Dude, maybe. How crazy would it be if like Homo habilis ate would eat like a like a magic mushroom and then like just got the intelligence of a of a 2020 Homo sapien? <sighs> and they were just like. They were bros, just like, bros, what, what is going is, on? Bros, what if we're just living in the dream of a <laughs> fucking no. Neanderthal right now? No. Bro. What if we wake up tomorrow and it's this is the simulation. <laughs> it's a mushroom trip, dude. We're sitting in a cave. Honestly, oh, one thing I wanted to bring up too is, is uh, you know, we talk about evolution and I think we might have mentioned this in a previous podcast, but we talk about like why humans sneeze when there's a bright light flashed in their face. Do you remember that? Yes. No, what? I don't remember yes. why, but I remember talking about it. Okay, so I think it was a long time ago, but it's uh, just something that natural selection, it's an example of natural selection for uh, ancient humans. And basically the theory is that uh, we've developed this reaction to uh, entering like, lo like a lot of light, like as if you're exiting a cave and sneezing because... If you are sneezing inside of a cave, you're just going to create germs and people are going to, you know, when you're in like a warm cave, germs are going to fester and just going to create disease and fester. viruses. And so like we've, we developed this sense of waiting until we go outside before we sneeze. And so it's like a evolutionary trigger so that we don't sneeze when we're with our families. We sneeze when we're outside away from people. And in today's day and age, I think that's super important, you know? I mean, don't sneeze outside don't, in the open, just away from people. Don't sneeze in the cave. Wear a mask. mask. Don't. You heard it here first, <laughs> folks. Also, I see people do this. Like, I understand that it's uncomfortable and gross for yourself, 
but like you're not oh, pull the mask down don't pull sneeze. the mask down to sneeze that's okay, the whole wait, point no. of the mask important question though important question i don't sneeze a lot so i don't do this but mm-hmm. i can't sneeze in a mask because my sneezes smell do you guys have smelly sneezes yeah it's 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 because it's, it's spit right yeah it's because it's from your mouth yeah and like, all right well it's when the particles dry and stuff Zach D, if you're listening, like, and Ryan, my brother, a lot of people are like, sneezes don't smell! And I'm like, no, they no, smell they gross. No, they do. They 100% do. Thank you. What about you, Brent? What do you think? Uh, you know, I have been fortunate enough to not, have not actually sneezed in the mask yet. <laughs> I've been come close, but I, like, fight it very hard, because no. I'm like, yeah, obviously, no one wants to sneeze into even the you, mask. Even if you it, sneeze on your arm, though, you know? Not even, not e- like, sometimes, even if I, like sneeze out into the open sometimes oh weird okay yeah. i yeah i can't say i really notice much of a smell unless i'm sick mm. if i'm sick then yeah it's all nasty man but it could be like an evolutionary thing like just like a genetic trait Maybe. some people smell it some people don't but um, also i don't know i also have like bad allergies so most yeah. of my sneezing is just like drippy nose bullshit from yeah. allergens oh, yeah. in the air so i don't know i always I go for say, this kind of thing when i sneeze i like put my shirt over and i put my hand over my shirt and i just not, sneeze my like stomach you know not every mm. single like it's not like every single sneeze smells it's just like some of them do right right you just got yeah. that like I'll, spitty smell. i'll have to pay closer attention to my sneezes because i am just like a human being on autopilot maybe who they, doesn't consider anything that happens around them at any point maybe in time. maybe, so maybe Bobby, they do. we just know what they smell like and no because yeah. it's it's not necessarily like it, it's it's not a strictly bad smell like no like it doesn't make me gag or anything it's, it's only bad because i know that it, i'm like when i smell i'm like oh that's a sneeze yeah, yeah i don't know maybe it's a cilantro situation you know maybe maybe, just, maybe. maybe for me it just doesn't taste like soap you know yeah <laughs> that's honestly i think that might be it um because people are really aggressively have their opinions on this like people yeah. like zach d and i got a, a big uh bickerment at work he's like they don't smell and i was like yes they do and he was like what are you talking about you're crazy no, um, he's crazy dude they totally do <laughs> but at, before i sign before we sign off here i wanted to give a quick shout out to our, our buddy matthias who mm. uh has a youtube channel and jack i don't know if you've checked it out but i haven't i didn't know I didn't you started even, one i didn't know we started one either until this week and uh it's yeah i'm hilarious I'm an OG fan i'm an og fan i was in the first hundred subs yeah listen. brent's been around speaking brent, of, brent's um, an og speaking of youtube channels also check out our boys zach and aaron again because they are yeah. doing are they are, like are they just not doing the dice stuff anymore i don't know I, they, they just moved to the city and and well yeah. zach moved to the city and they're doing skits they're now doing, and yeah, they're hilarious too so if you didn't if you had checked out zach and aaron the first time we recommended them check them out now uh because you might like their new content we have some really yeah. talented friends I gotta, like, say. I gotta say yeah I've, I've been really digging these this new sort of skit format yeah, the shorts really like they've been doing um yeah. bobby i don't think you ever said his uh is uh oh, yeah, matthias is uh, oh yeah go check out his youtube channel just look up matt lawrence l-o-r-e-n-c-e right yep okay yeah, you got it go I'm check it, it right out now it's hilarious jack you should watch it too it's really funny he does album reviews and like vlogs and uh he there you know it's hard to find somebody that just like is that funny like inherently but me and my sister were watching like all his videos last night and we were just dying because like his editing is just so hilarious. Wait, if you feel you, like laughing. How do you spell it? L-O-R-E-N-C-E. L-O-R-E-N-C-E. And then Matt, just M-A-T-T. Yeah. Yes. And we're going to get him on the pod soon, probably for an episode of Bogtober, which is coming up sooner than we think. So, um, yeah, oh, he'll yeah, promote his own we stuff and we'll we'll talk to him about it. Um, but, yeah, go check out those two YouTube channels. Our friends are extremely I'm talented. A, I'm a sub right now. 
Um, there you go. And also check out our stuff because we work really hard on on this stuff. You know, Brent is always working and Brent works uh, the, the hardest out of all of us brent so. brent works by far harder than me and jack do on the podcast like, and like, like it's not even close it's not even <laughs> close i mean the least i could do is like come up with the post for the meme but all i do is just send it to brent and let him do it yeah. um because brent is our lord and savior and yeah um King brent yeah so thank, thank you, you brent we love you and Go see. Hey, hey, Jack. Where can where can we go to support uh, all the hard work that Brent does? Well, if you want to support all the hard work that Brent does, you can check us out on. Uh, first off, you can check us on our website that we mentioned before, brainbogglepodcast.com. Uh, and you're going to go head over to slash or shop areno just shop not shop areno um <laughs> and uh that'll let you show any sort of uh merchandise we got sweatshirts we got hats we got t-shirts uh we got some other stuff there too uh if you oh, yeah. want to support us in a different way and you don't necessarily want to spend all that money on a merch because the cost of the merch plus shipping is expensive uh for as little as one dollar a month over on our patreon uh patreon.com slash podcast you can support us for as little as one dollar a month and that'll give you access to our monthly bonus pods one dollar uh, a month that's like buying dollar. a deck of cards i know it's like it's like uh we always say this but it's like uh it's like whenever my mom goes grocery here I, i'll avoid the coffee one whenever my mom goes grocery shopping she always bags buys a pack of gum Right. And the pack of gum is more than a dollar and she goes grocery shopping more than, you know, once a month. So uh, it's like buying a pack of gum once a month. Not even wicked cheap. Honestly, I would much rather have bonus episodes than a pack of gum. Yeah, Yeah, seriously. It's it's like going to the Dollar Tree and buying a cake decorating kit from there because everything's a dollar. I feel like this well, is a reference. You can start that with it. any sentence. You can start that sentence um, and say anything. Another after way, it. if you don't, if you don't have any money to support us, um, or you can't, it is a, it is a hard time in uh, uh, for for a lot of families right now. Um, you can check us out on our social medias. We have a Twitter, which is at brainbogglepod we have an instagram which is at brainboggled um and if you want to just get in contact with us uh tell us you love the show tell us you hate it uh at brainbogglepodcast at gmail.com that's brainbogglepodcast at gmail.com yes and also if you really want to support the podcast honestly and you don't have the money the best thing to do is to give us a written review oh and uh, five stars because that's really important to the algorithm and all that so Yep, sure helps this so. podcast get seen and all that good ish. So uh, thank you. That's so much all for I got. That for all the people who I have recently, we've gotten a few new ones oh. recently, so that's been fun. <laughs> yeah, no, mostly five stars. A couple of one stars that told us we we're uninformed when our Q and on episode came out. <laughs> so naturally, we got a lot of people. Expect- Got had to expect that to happen, you yeah. know, when you, you talk about QAnon, that oh, someone's yeah. going to tell you you're uninformed trash. So. Yeah. <laughs> we have a lot of people subscribing to Brent Mailsy Soup once a month, and uh, that's been going great. That's actually I our sub- most successful segment. I subscribe to that. <laughs> yeah, so your soup's yeah. going to be in the mail soon, so be on the lookout for that. Just, also, speaking of things that come once a month, we need to figure out what we're doing for our next uh, bonus episode. Of the I think guess. that we should do a uh horizon zero dawn part two uh what will happen what happens next part two i don't know Even Jack, I don't I thought, did you guys do did you guys do horizon zero dawn already in the, no I no i just know. mean like the not. next i just mean part two as in like the new game oh 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 Whatever i can i mean 
I can play Horizon Zero Dawn and then. Oh, you uh, never played? Yeah, you got, you got, you got seventy hours through, on hand. I played through like half of it. Yeah. Uh, um. So and I don't. I mean, I don't mind spoilers for that one specifically because it's been so old at this point, and I like pretty. I like under. I already like get sort of the like story it. behind it so oh, yeah. i like i could also just like look it up and we could talk about it i wouldn't mind doing right that. and we also talked about talking about the last of us part one um, yeah before so we'll, we could talk um, about that too yeah we'll and figure if, it out yeah we'll uh we'll uh we'll we'll we'll, we'll uh narrow down some uh some options and then we'll post a uh, a poll on our patreon where to to participate in the poll though you got to be at least a three dollar patron mm-hmm. um to help decide what we talk about so if you got three dollars yeah. this month and you want to help decide what we're gonna do uh go ahead over to there but uh i think that's all we got for i think so got for you this time thank you guys for listening we'll see you in the next generation oh. I just muted myself. We'll see you. Sure we'll see you in the future when we're no longer Homo sapiens and we become Digimon. Digimon, Digimon. monsters. Digimon are the champions. Angelmon, go. Digimon.